Welcome, welcome, welcome. What can we say? It's a whole new world and a whole new reality. <laughs> it is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio, and we are celebrating a brand new president who has just been elected to the office, Mr. Joe Biden. Yay! <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, um, we're doing that sort of this morning, but I just wanted to mention it because if I didn't, everybody would wonder why I haven't, because everybody's talking about it this morning. So it's a whole new, I think, a new advent for new consciousness for us. And so I'm very, very excited about it. But let's get on to the show today. Today on the show, we have on our one of our favorite people, Mr. Matt Shea. Hi, Matt. Morning. How are you? Very good. good. Always fun to be here, Eileen. Oh, good. And then we also have on our Celebrity of the Week, which is Ms. Rachel Maddow. And um, I thought I'd talk about her because she's been very instrumental in the coverage of the, the elections the last several days. So, But she's also got some other developments going on, which just happened last night, which I will keep you uh, abreast of as soon as I tell you about it, but not yet. So anyway, we have that. And then also we have our Astro News of the Month, and we have uh, several different items here that are interesting that are going to change things a bit. We've got one coming up next week, which is significant. So uh, we're going to have lots of stuff today. We're going to talk with Matt today about ghosts, and he's kind of a ghost hunter, basically. There's a little, this, what is that on the line? It feels kind of warm in here. Oh, <laughs> it's is this the fireside talk we were talking about? It's a campfire. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I kept hearing, what the heck is that noise? Now we just need a little flashlight below our chin. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> Good idea. Okay. Okay. Think That's lovely. That's very calming, actually, except for one thing, I was trying to figure out what the heck that noise was. But anyway, so anyway, we're going to have all that today, and we're going to have everything else that we do, too. So... Uh, okay, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a break, and then we're going to do the Astro News of the Month and the Astro Celebrity of the Month back-to-back. So this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. Okay. That is the Astro News of the Month. That's the theme and that's the signal that we have several events happening this month that I think I'm going to talk about. So the first one, which actually happened um, on November 3rd, that was a few nights ago. Remember, on Election Day, Mercury went direct. Oh, boy. 
And uh, I, I'm trying to think back on the last several days to figure out, is that what we were really seeing the last several days? And it seems like it was because there were so many variables to the whole business with the election and all the parts and all the ballots out there and, every, and the counting of the ballots and a whole new balloting system. That's all mercury stuff, by the way. You know, basically you're you're filling out a piece of paper and filling in that little black dot and you're giving it to your election bureau, that's communication. You're communicating what you want through the election. Okay, so uh, there were a lot of states that were a little bit, well, they weren't that disorganized. I was very surprised because there were many states like Pennsylvania that hadn't really done this full-fledged mail-in ballot thing. But they did, and they were extremely organized and extremely well thought out in how to do it. And so very dedicated. I have to acknowledge the people that, that were working for those, those, um, the balloting system because they were so persevering and they worked almost to their fingers dropped off. So it's an extraordinary feat of engineering, quite honestly. And um, they were doing it because it was much, much bigger, higher caller calling than just filling out ballots. So anyway, um, so it, it was just an interesting time to watch what was happening in the news. Because anytime the planet goes stationary direct or retrograde, the energy is going to be lopping in on itself. It's going to intensify quite a bit. So basically we saw between Tuesday and this morning the Mercury stationary play out. And so it finally got played out this morning and it's somewhat over. So I'm saying somewhat because there's other things that could happen. But anyway, okay, that's number one. Number two, November 14th, that's coming up this coming week. Mars is going to be moving stationary direct in Aries. And Mars is is probably what I was feeling in my body all week. Tense, upset, wanting this thing to be over. I was really angry and and Mars has to deal with anger and has to deal with passion and all those other things. But um, it really is a point of release when this thing goes back direct the other way. That happens on November 14th. That's just a few days. Out. That's, that's a week from today, as a matter of fact. So we still have a week or so to go on this. But as it's stationing, slowing down, it will be slowing down right around the 13th into the 14th. It'll be stopping. So kind of watch your, your, your calendars right around there to see what's happening in the world. Because Mars doesn't just affect us individually, it affects us collectively. So now the last one we have is November 28th, and that's Neptune going direct. Oh, another one. Okay, so anytime a planet goes direct, that means the energies compiled or associated with that planet are going to be released. Okay, direct means it moves forward. So when it's moving backwards and retrograde, it means it's going inside, it's being reflected upon. So Neptune is basically your ideals, your, your visionary stuff, your psychic abilities, um, your ability to uh, visualize things. And it's also, you know, having to do with how you, you know, how you communicate, that kind of stuff, too. So um, when Neptune goes direct, I would imagine we're going to be seeing a lot of illusions that have happened in our country over the last, I don't know how many years, but depending on how long the illusions that you're focusing on have been doing that, um, those should be starting to lift and being able to change. So um, 
We'll see what happens with it. It could mean something big, too. Neptune is a collective planet, so it deals with all of us collectively rather than individually. So, okay. So that's it for the Astro News of the Month. And let's now go on to the Astro Celebrity of the Week. Okie dokie. We've got a few minutes to do this. This is Rachel Maddow. Uh, she is the uh, the anchor or whatever you want to call person who who runs the Rachel Maddow Show on MSNBC every night at 6 p.m. She's fantastic commentator. She's awesome. Her birthday is April 1st, 1973, 12:23 p.m. at at in uh, Hayward, California. Okay. Um, the reason is interesting because I picked her, I think, yesterday afternoon to be a part of this. And I've actually done her chart one other time. I just find her fascinating because there are certain things she sounds so, I mean, her, she the education she's had, she was a, not a Rhodes Scholar, but she went to Oxford and got her, her doctorate degree in, in Oxford, you know, and, and just extremely highly educated. And, you know, we look at her chart and she was born at, as April 20. Yeah, I said that. April 1st, 1973, 12.23 p.m. in Hayward, California, and she has cancer ascendant, which is interesting. You never would have believed it. But I think when you see her in her home environment, she'd be much more different than she would be in her professional environment because the rest of her chart has Sun and Venus and the Moon in the ninth house. I mean, when you look at the amount of planets in the ninth house, that kind of says degrees, she probably has three degrees. I think she probably does. She has her bachelor's, her master's, and her doctorate degree. So um, she basically is highly educated and and loves basically loves school, I would think. But she also has a lot of power in her chart. She has Venus-Sun conjunction opposing Pluto. So that's somebody who is really willing to go to the nth degree to find a story. If we want to superimpose... Uh, this chart over her and see what parts of the chart agree with what, you know, what her life is doing. So anyway, and the thing that's interesting, if you've noticed about her communication, she's extremely direct. Her mental capabilities are extraordinary and her concentration ability is amazing too. She has Mercury in Pisces, you know, and I'm kind of going, what? Wait a minute. This is weird because most people who have Mercury, and Mercury is the communication planet, the Mercury is in Pisces, the person is a little bit, uh, it's not focused in the way they, they line up their thoughts and are communicating them. They're a little bit like off the track a bit, kind of also maybe even slurred speech. I've noticed that too. And I thought, well, okay, but is there something else in the chart that's contradicting it? There has to be because... She sounds extremely Aryan because she is an Aries, but the Mercury is going to operate on a different faculty or on a different circuit because of being in a different sign. And it's right next to the moon in Pisces. Okay, so she's very, very sensitive emotionally. I've seen her almost break down on the show when she was talking about certain very hard issues. One time I saw her break down when it was about these kids that are being held in these concentration camps down by the border, you know, and that was that was kind of an awful deal. And she she had to stop, and she was in tears. But you know, I said I I can't talk anymore. So uh, she's very sensitive to things like that, sensitive to kids, and sensitive to emotions in general. So she's got a really 
I mean, you think that she has a very hard exterior, but underneath, that's a very kind and gentle person. So um, now I'm going to just mention one more thing. Um, she, well, she is also um, a lesbian, and um, she lives openly with her, her, her wife, and she's very happy, and everything's cool. You know, I don't see any reason to talk about that. But things that have happened recently, this happened last night. As a matter of fact, I'd already decided to use her as a um, celebrity of the week, and I read in one of my my news services that I read is that she is now being quarantined because she was exposed to somebody who had COVID virus. And this really, uh, I says, Oh wow. Bad. I thought that's the worst possible timing because she's been doing all these stories for the, the election and, and everything that's going on with the former, uh, soon to be former occupant of the white house. And, um, and she was so on the stories every day, very passionate about them. And, um, and see, she had to go off in quarantine a day before the election was called for Biden this morning. I just think that it's just so unfortunately hard for her to not be there at the moment that this happened because she was very, very much of a pro, pro-Biden pro supporter. So um, I just want to say, um, I hope you're listening, Rachel, <laughs> but I doubt it. But if you are listening, I hope you get be- better really quick. I am hoping that you don't have the disease, but just hang in there and let yourself be taken care of by Susan, okay? Okay. All right. So that's it on that, and let's move on. We're going to take a break right now. When we get back, we're going to bring on our guest, Mr. Matt Shea. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Natasha Venter and AngelicClarifications.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 8th, it's Neuroenergetic Rebalancing Best and Energy Code Sunday on Animal World. That means Nels and Linda Rasmussen will be in the studio to do free remote treatments for you and or your animal friends. So I hope you can join us and plan to call in for your free remote. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW. And before I go on, I just want to say hi to Harriet, one of our favorite listeners. She sent me a message on my phone just before I went on and said, oh, I'll be listening to you this morning. She was talking all about the election. So Harriet, thank you, thank you, and say hi. Hi. So anyway, okay, and now we're going to bring on Mr. Matt Shea. Now, Matt is a really, really well... Oh, here comes the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds like little little um, squirrels out there nibbling on things. I have an electric fireplace. <laughs> it looks like the real thing. Neighbors, <laughs> hey, how come he got a fireplace? <laughs> it makes that sound. I, yeah. I feel special. That's very cool. So, that's awesome. <laughs> this is really funny. Anyway, so Matt is, is a, an author who's written a lot of books, but he's taking a different turn right now. He's moving more into, well, at least right now he is. He's doing research on a lot of ghost sites in the Washington State area, and there are tons of them here. So I just want him to, is it still going? No, it's not. I just, I, there is. I have control over it. Okay. So imagine we're all sitting by the fire. It's a fireside chat. 
and he's going to tell us ghost stories. And I'm going to just put my feet up here. No, I'm not going to do that. There's not enough room to do that. Anyway, Matt, why don't you get started? Um, you've picked several things that you want to talk about, and, um, and I'll ask questions as I see fit. Eileen, I'd like to start off by saying today is my 15th appearance on your yes, show, and I love it. believe it. it. Yeah. And you've had me on many, many shows through yeah. friends we know in common at the station, KKNW, and I thank you You're just welcome. to be here with you. You're welcome. I am one of these guys that has been accused that I never sleep. In college, they thought I never did. I'm always looking up stuff. I'm staying with a friend now, and they notice I'm always up researching opposite right. directions. One of my interests is shipwrecks. We've heard of the bounty. They found it. Yeah. The famous bounty. They did find it. I and so hear. we're always finding history. Right. And then, of course, you hear stories about castles, and then the ghost things come up. Right. Yeah. And we got, our friendship started basically on the Titanic. Oh, yes. You did a marvelous job on that book you wrote. Thank you. You know, and our common, we're always sharing common stories of the Titanic to see which one is accurate. No, just kidding. But, you know, kind of comparing notes, and that's been fun. That book you wrote, I'm a Titanic buff, and I was years and years. I've, it, I, For me, it started back in the 1960s because of a show my dad had me watch with, a show called The Time Tunnel. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that one. What happened <laughs> was the family, my siblings, all six of us were watching Batman. They had the Batman show at the Batmobile, the cave, and that was it. And my dad runs into the family room, and Matthew, get in here. Well, it was a type of thing of excitement. I wasn't in trouble. Yeah. Time tunnel, <laughs> I want to watch Batman. Look, look. And he's showing the Titanic, and he brought out the encyclopedia. He said, this is for you. I know you're going to take interest. Well, I certainly did. He corrupted me on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so the shipwreck stuff, the Titanic, how you and I met, mm-hmm. the information on your book, Clive Custer, did I pronounce his Custler. name right? Custler. Custler. Mm-hmm. He himself reviewed it. Yes, that's right, he did. And I, talk, I did a reading for him one time. So unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but uh, he's a very kind gentleman, and he was extremely interested in the Titanic. He wrote a book about it, Raised the Titanic. Yes. And then also um, he did. He funded a uh, underwater marine agency that were doing uh, different um, forays to try to find wreck stuff. And he his his organization NUMA found the the wreck of the Carpathia, which is really interesting. Yes, so, the Carpathia. Yeah. I believe it was torpedoed or hit a mine yeah, during the war. Yeah, I think it war. was. It was ju- just in 1918. I think it was sunk. So. Yeah. Continuously, forever and ever, more tidbits, more mm-hmm. pieces of information, trivia is, is oh, still yeah. coming out oh, for yeah. eternity. Oh, yeah. It's always going to. There's always stuff to be learned about it. I mean, believe it or not, you know, I, I kind of, when I walked into this book, I just thought, well, why am I writing a book about this? There's 100,000 books out there on this subject. Is there any more that could be learned about it? Yep, there was. And that was from the astrological standpoint, which was just amazing, you know, how the synchronicities and the people that were on the ship, the timing of the sinking. I mean, I basically went back and I, from 60 years before the Titanic came out with its sister ships that led up to the building of the the three sisters, um, that um, I tried to track all of their 
their initial sailings and all that kind of stuff on a calendar because I checked them astrologically and they all had the same thing in common, you know, in their chart, same stuff. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And then finding out later on that the people that were on the Titanic uh, had the same stuff in their chart too. Same stuff. Eileen, I've watched every documentary imaginable, every movie, and I've mm-hmm. read every article, every book I could find. Right. Yours was the last, the most recent I've read. I've read oh, it really? twice, mm-hmm. and your book had many things in it that I've never knew about before. Oh. So for anybody, regardless of what you do or do not know about astrology, the book itself is interwoven with a lot of amazing historical facts. Yeah, I try to to ha- write it on two fronts, the historical front and the astrological front. And um, that was a hard thing to do, but I had to put I had to put the the, the astrological uh, information against the backdrop of the real history that was going on at the same time as as the events happened astrologically. And there was a correlation always. That book ended up in a hall of fame somewhere. Beautiful job. Well, yeah, it it's well, not really. It's actually in um, the Titanic Historical Museum back in Woods Hole, uh, Massachusetts. It's in that. Yeah, it's there. You know, and that's that's the those are the people that uh, it's the Titanic Historical Society that supports that. So okay, I yeah. thought. I thought that no, it was... No, it hadn't won anything, but it was very much like I had won something when I found out this is where this book was going to be, you know, because I got a call from the president of the Historical Society saying, oh, I'm holding this really lovely book in my hands here, and um, I think it's yours. And I said, yeah, I think it is. And he said, oh, I'd like to get some for my shop. So we ordered two boxes of them. It was pretty cool. Beautiful, yes. Yep, yep. We were okay, discussing. so let's, let's go on to, to ghosts, yes. ghostly stuff. Well, recently I've done a handful of shows approaching Halloween, the fun mm-hmm. ghost stories. Right. And so we got a potluck here. It's like after okay. Thanksgiving, you got all these turkey sandwiches now. Here, do you want one? <laughs> <laughs> the other day, I was signing papers for a home I'm buying. Yeah. And uh, the gals I was dealing with, hey, you got a radio voice. Well, it just so happens Eileen Grimes and... They go, really, ghost stories? Well, this place right here is we have a friend. So I'm listening to these three office girls say that they have a resident. They refer to it as a ghost, a friend. And it's not scary, but we hear voices. Sometimes something moves, but it's like it's reaching out for a friendship. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think they were pulling my leg because you hear these stories all the time. Right. And so that's what kicked me into getting out my old notes and just, here we have it for our fireside. Okay. Wow. Okay, so this place that, this is a place you were visiting where? This was in Tacoma, and I was okay. signing papers for a home I'm getting. Okay. And they just volunteered the information, and I'm all ears on this stuff. Right. So tell us about that one. Well, again, they're saying that they never paid attention to the concept of a place being haunted. Okay, you won't tell us where it is. It's okay if you can't, but... You know, I'm, okay. I'm going to save them on that one because okay. I didn't. they didn't yeah. realize I was going to mention it on a radio oh, show. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I but mean, they say they can't help be interested because where they work, it's taking the fight to them. Oh, yeah, it's real for them, for sure. It's yeah. part of it. There's not three of them. There's a fourth one there. They just can't see it. Okay. But getting back to Tacoma, there's a list out for haunted hotels, haunted restaurants, parks, you name it. Mm-hmm. Well, getting to the haunted restaurants, 
there's the famous Alfred's Cafe, and they like the advertisement. Okay. They are off of Puyallup Avenue. In fact, it's 412 Puyallup Avenue in Tacoma. It is one of Tacoma's oldest buildings. It was built in the late 1800s, mm-hmm. and it was actually several blocks away up on a ridge, I believe, and they use that old-fashioned method to roll it on logs oh. down the incline oh, yeah. where they now have it off of Puyallup Avenue. Wow. Okay. So I read on the Internet that they're very open about talking about the happenings there. My buddy Pete and I, Pete's listening now. He says hi to you. We went there, and here come the stories and people in the restaurant, people in the bar, the servers. They're all coming to our table, Mm -hmm. giving their two cents worth. One of which is that they cannot explain it, but they would see a schoolgirl who was obviously from the late 1800s, turn of the century, in a nice gown with long hair, kind of running by the chandeliers and stuff by Mm -hmm. the bar, and then they would see her dissipate. Mm -hmm. It turns out that years ago, where their parking lot is, was an old girls' school that tragically caught fire and seven lives were lost. They lost seven students. Okay. And now on that very ground, they see these things. Have they seen more than one little girl? They have seen one little girl that they're sure of and also a little boy in a uniform. And so I can't quite piece that together, Mm -hmm. but that is the talk there. But also in the bar, they've had more than one server quit because around closing time, there is a woman from past century dressed at one of the bar stools. What is she doing there? What's her story? And then they'll see her dissipate, fade out, where, okay, that's something beyond us. It's quite an interesting story. But again, they've had more than one employee walk off the job at that point. Wow. Yeah. Do they explain that when they hire somebody, I wonder? When you get into a job, (laughs) people start telling you things. I think that when you are going through an interview that they don't say, by the way. By the way, we have ghosts here. Does that bother you? (laughs) Right. I just think in time when you're cutting the mustard, you might bring something up and, well, we were going to mention that. Or a friend might say, have you been told? That type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Because that, you know, quite honestly, that could be a, that could be a marketing tool for them. If people are really into ghosts a lot, can advertise, you know, that, we have really good food, and we have some ghosts you can see, too, you know. So uh, I'm just curious about that because... Oh, yes. Yeah, maybe they don't mind that. Well, it could a, be a selling point. Many That's it, exactly. Many places will play it safe and not mention it. I've right. worked in hotels that had that phenomena, right. and I would play dumb about it. But I've gone to restaurants where, heck, one place has their ghost burger. Right. They're enticing you to make comments about it. Okay, yeah, because... I personally have never seen a ghost. Yeah, we got to take a break here in a second. I've never seen a ghost, but I felt them around me. And I've actually had one ghost play around with my hair. You know, and that was pretty weird. That was at Coney Mansion down in Cosmopolis. And um, it was playing with my hair. I went, what the heck are you doing? I could feel it. And the woman I was talking to had her eyes as big as saucers because she could see it. But um, other than that, I really have never seen one before. So... Maybe that's how I'm meant to get it, you know. I'm open to them. I just haven't ever physically seen one with my own eyes, though. Okay, we're going to take a break really quick. When we get back here, 
We're going to talk more with Matt Shea about ghosts. Okay, this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here with KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Barrel Full of Monkeys by Matt Shea. <laughs> He's laughing. Okay. Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions with Matt Shea. They, Matt has started a brand new venture, the Barrel Full of I keep saying this, Barrel Full of Monkeys. I have this written too many times on here, who, which will be a collection of Matt's writings in mini audio, mini audiobook form. A first audiobook is now out and is only $5. You can order on, at mattsheabooks.net. In the meantime, you can browse Matt's updated and redesigned website. And now there's a free audiobook on his site, and that's Judge Wong. That's right, right? Yes, Judge Alvin Wong. Judge, yeah, I knew there was another name. Judge Alvin Wong. Okay. So Matt would love to hear from you and promises to hear any or answer any all or talk to I'm sorry. I just blew it. I just, I just start again. <laughs> Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all who contact him. You can write to him at his personal email address at workinmat7, that's W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7, at AOL.com. And don't forget his website, www.mattsheabooks.net. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome back Mark Anthony, psychic medium and lawyer, to weigh the evidence for eternity. On Saturday, Hank Garrett makes his debut on our show. From abject poverty in the mean streets of Harlem to his movie and television roles on Car 54, Where Are You?, and Three Days of the Condor, Hank has great stories to share. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer. And our guest, and there's our babbling brook in the background again. <laughs> I love sound effects. I just love them. Anyway, uh, and our guest today is Mr. Matt Shea, who's talking about ghosts. Ghosts in various um, places. So, hi, hi there again. <laughs> okay, Eileen. Yes. One of the things that sort of kicked me up a few notches in this interest, I, I love going to ocean shores. Yeah, I do too. I like how desolate it is, and my favorite days is when it's raining, and yeah. I can count more deer than people. But yeah. I do love the people there. Yeah, right. And this one hotel that I have honestly been there over 50 times, well Whoa. over, it's the Gray Gull. Well, I think I'm, I What's think it called? I'm, it's called the Gray Gull. Oh, I know where that and is. And it's just a very nice, rustic place. Yeah. Well, I don't sleep much. I like to go for walks at night. Uh-huh. And I'll get a cup of tea, and I'm talking to the front desk. And my friend Angela, who worked there for many years, it's some odd hour of the morning. And, Matt, I think I can tell you this. And you're not afraid of ghosts, are you? And I'm getting... Uh, no. Yes, and this is my early years of having the interest. So yeah. it was tell me more. And she said all the time, past midnight early morning hours, they see the ghosts, the spirits of vacationers. Mm-hmm. And that they come through the lobby and they're dressed with their luggage and so forth. And they don't acknowledge her, but they're coming and going. And sometimes a door actually opens unless they walk through it. Sometimes the elevator opens and they come out. But they're going about their business, but how they kind of float versus walking. Right. And that transparent thing. But you could see well enough 
they're just having the time of their lives going about their business. And so that was part of the front desk job, except that they must be here for happy reasons. Okay. Well, again, I've been going here for three decades now, and my friend Luke, who's been working there for a few years, he said, I was never interested in this stuff, but when you're a maintenance man, and this is running rapid throughout the hotel, he says, you can't help but get involved with it. He bought one of those gadgets that spits out static, and I think you hear voices out of it. You mean like uh, Matt's thing here? Or no, Nathan's. (laughs) Well, that's for us. That's for us. Oh, that's for us. It's a little static. But the employees employees chipped in and got one because these stories are so common, they wanted a little more. And they said, we're not trying to talk and get it to answer. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to do a better job of recording what's going on while we tend our work. Okay. And so... Heck, I've said this many times. When I pass, if I'm allowed to, I would like to hang out there. I won't bother anyone. Yeah. But I just like that hotel and the grounds so much and Mm -hmm. the beach and the trails with the deer on it. I love that stuff. Yeah, right. I'd be very happy. Yeah, that's that's neat. Okay. So I have you now. I was going to ask you. This is off the not off the subject, but you've definitely investigated Manresa Castle, right? Yes, I've been there a few times. Yeah, boy, that place just—it gives me the willies when I'm standing in front of the building. You know, I I can feel. I had a I took a picture of one of the spires, the uh, what do you call it? Anyway, and I took a picture of it, and it was like all the sun rays were bent, and you could see the kaleidoscopic nature of the colors in the in the sun, and it was just like right outside of the top window in this, and it was at the, I think as you're facing the building, it's at the north end of the building, the right side of the building, and I took this picture, and I said, oh my God, you know, and I, I threw it on Facebook, I think, and said, look what I took, and they said, Man, you can really see the spirits in those pictures. Well, I couldn't really see them, but I could see the way the sunlight was bent as it was hitting the the the, the building and the and the on the on the windows, you know. And I thought, well, I know they've got some very active spirit stuff going on up there, but um, you can tell us a little little bit about that. Well, first of all, it's that corner room that looks like an old-fashioned water tower. Yeah. Where it peaks up like an apex. Is that the, the right of the building? Yes, it is. The, oh, when you were looking the at one. the front door, the main entrance is to the right. Okay, yeah, that's I've the done one. radio shows on this. Uh, a, a monk had hung himself in the attic in that cone section. Right. He had done that years ago. And so that's one of the hauntings. Now, when I first went there, what really threw me was the place was vacant, which is out of character. There was just a few guests there. And the housekeepers let us in mm-hmm. and to go in any rooms we want to. Right. Well, I looked up the rooms that had the most reports on the Internet and stories I've read right. and so forth. Right. And I got to go in all of them. Now the housekeepers are talking. They swear up and down that as they play their music, you know, you have your little Sony Walkmans on your headsets and you're right. in your own little world because you're working alone, unifying right. the right. place. That all of a sudden, their music will cut out, and they will hear the most eerie, romantic, but sad violin music. Oh, wow. Very clear. Something with the frequency, the static, the airwaves took over, mm-hmm. and they are now hearing that, and nobody touched anything. And where is mm-hmm. it coming from? We don't know of any channel that plays out. No. Uh-uh. 
And so that is known to happen. You've done a fabulous job cleaning your room. You're standing just in the hallway with the door open. Mm -hmm. You're proud. You did a great job. And then you turn around and what? You see things are thrown around. Right. You see the mattresses are thrown off the bed. The curtains are messed up a bit. You just had it picture perfect, and something did that. Right. Now, are those those particular rooms where they have these apparitions, are those rooms available for people to stay yes. in? They yes, are. they are. Oh. Now, now, sadly, there was a woman, and this is going back to the turn of the century, when she learned her husband was lost at war, I think it mm. was World War II, she had jumped out the second story oh, window. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that one. Yes, yeah. and so that particular room has such activity to it. Yeah, I guess, and that that energy in that room would have been permeating that room, and with her in it, that probably you know, distorted her brainwaves just a little bit. But I, let me just quickly mention, in case you don't know where Manresa Castle is, it's in the town of Port Townsend, and uh, if you haven't gone up there... Um, as you're driving into town on the main road, it's on your left, the, and it's a big high castle. You can't miss it. It's quite prominent, you know. So it, at one time, I think it was a, mo- a monastery. Yes, yes, and that's when yeah. we lost our monk upstairs. Okay, all I right. I think it was the Jesuits that had it. Right. Now, I would like to point out exactly what drew my attention to this castle. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, drawing that your father did oh yeah you showed me that it was breathtaking and mm-hmm. it just called out to me but yeah. that is what started my trek my investigation i was so moved by your father's artwork especially that piece yeah yeah that that was um i was lucky because i, I have all these paintings of my parents that they did over the past 50 60 years both my parents were artists and my dad was an uh, watercolorist and I was trying to figure out where the heck these pictures of these, you know, things that he painted, where were they um, geographically? So um, a friend of mine and I were looking at him and says, I think these are from Port Townsend and more than just the, the one that you're talking about. So we uh, I basically took the paintings up to Port Townsend and we went to Manresa Castle. And I got to show the picture to the manager of the hotel. And he loved it. He wanted to do an event there and all this other stuff, which I never did do. But um, he says, oh, yes, that's it. That's our that's our hotel. It looked a little different than it does now. But I think there's been a lot of, I don't know, remember, do you know when it was built? I can't remember. It was built in the mid-1800s. That's right. Port yeah. Townsend is laced with all this beautiful Victorian structures oh, yeah. from the 1800s. Yeah. And they all have their stories with it. Down the street, we had the Ann Starrett Mansion. Yes. And I went there recently because it has an unbelievable stairwell from the main entryway going up four levels to the top. Oh, yeah. I know which one. Is that the one that's painted pink and green? Yes, how they did it all, but it's tasteful how they did it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was just beautiful. We're in the 1800s, all right. Yeah, I love that mansion. When I I was talking to the owner of it, she said there are a lot of stories here. Mm -hmm. She personally has not experienced anything, Mm -hmm. but they had a mother and daughter team that stayed the night there, and they said they're talking. Well, I got to sit down with them. Wow. 
And here is something common. This is written very well on the Internet and articles Mm -hmm. that, among other things, they see a woman on the stairwell looking down, but she's dressed from last century. Wow. Like she's sort of monitoring. Yeah. And they swear up and down that they saw her clearly, distinctly more than once. Wow. And then they say the housekeepers are still there. Yeah. And that things happen that if you leave a room, sometimes a light switch will flip off by itself. That is a common report. Sometimes a wall hanging will lift up and slide down and end up on the floor, but it wasn't thrown, so it's not damaged. It caught your attention. Wow. They get things like that. In the kitchen, they see shadows that seem to be as if they're cooks or maids going Mm -hmm. about their business, objects moving once in a while. Wow. And again, a tremendous amount of write-up. And Port Townsend in general you get stories at this. It's I mean, just, look at the buildings there. They're so old. It's yes. a very old city, you know, and you just know that anything that's older than, you know, past this last century has got to have ghosts in it. Of course it would be. You well, know. again, there's so much talk, so much write-up on it. And then they have these clubs, these groups that go out. And oh, so yeah. they're telling you face-to-face. Paranormal stuff, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. And they're not bringing stuff in to make it happen. Yeah. It just seems to be with the soul of the house. Right. Something has to be going on. There's just so much talk about it. Yeah, right. I was going to mention that. Um, this I mentioned this to Matt a couple of days ago. Matt already knew about it, but I should have known. But there is a ghost conference going on right now down in Port Gamble. Where is Port Gamble? I don't even know where that Port is. Port Gamble is very simple to find. When you cross the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, you just keep going north oh. because eventually you'll have the option to take the Hood Canal Bridge. Oh. But if you would like to go past that, Port Townsend is just a couple minutes away. Oh, so Port Gamble. Oh, Port, Port Gam- Gamble. excuse me. Port Gamble is really close to Port Townsend? It is. Oh, but, I, then but I know where it is. Much, I've gone through it. Yeah. Yes, it's by the Kingston Ferry. Right, yeah. I remember that driving up the kind of the coast to get to Port Townsend. There was a city on the right, and we stopped there and stopped at a couple of shops. And, you know, I didn't even know what town it was. And I thought, well, maybe it's that one. I couldn't remember. So it is that The one. local historian there paid me a few visits so that we could get our notes straight. Because mm-hmm. I did a few shows on that recently. Okay, yeah, you and did. And one of which is they have the state's oldest masonic lodge and they said now about masonic lodges when they are conducting a service a meeting they not only lock that front door but someone is appointed to stand guard there oh and they say that they've had tours where they would lock the door turn out the lights and then they could see the shadows of foot feet going back and forth as if something is still manning its post oh yeah sounds like Sounds like, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. We're going to take another really quick break here. When we get back, we're going to be still talking to Matt about ghost stuff. Okay. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom of the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement, largely because Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. That means you will need affordable supplemental coverage that will take care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help get the best coverage for you, and with her, 
The process is really easy, and in the end, she's going to save you some money. So right now is open enrollment period time. It's now through December 7th, and you can basically meet with Susan, and she will tell you what's uh, looking at your, your income and all that other good stuff to figure out which medical supplemental plan will work for you. And it usually, you know, for me, she can basically, I don't have to pay anything, so it's really cool. So if you need to enroll in Medicare or you want to change your existing medical plan, you can do this during the open enrollment period. You bet. Contact Susan today to set up an appointment, and she will get you all set up. If you need more information, you can call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show and our ghost segment today. <laughs> I love that fireplace. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it's just so relaxing. Where's the fire? We need one in the corner. We need a fireplace. We were talking about Port Gamble and how yes, they we have were. their their committees up there, their ghost clubs and whatnot. Yeah. Well, we just mentioned the Masonic Lodge. Yeah. Right next door is a movie theater that was oh. built in 1906. And when you sit in the audience and you look up at stage, there are doors on opposite sides of the stage. Right. They say it's the left one where sometimes they will see a stage hand appear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll see the stage hand working on things, such as the pulleys you have to bring the curtains up because right. it's all on the left-hand side. Right as you're looking at it. And so they even have pictures of this. Okay. Photographs. But here it's a shadow. Someone apparently is who used to work there is still frequents. Yeah, he hasn't stopped working in a lot of years. But you know you know that most theaters, you know, that ended up movie theaters were performance theaters that were built around it like that because the Neptune Theater in Seattle is one of those. And I used to work there back in when I was in high school when it was had a movie screen. But I remember the Neptune Theater. Oh, yeah. It's an awesome theater. And uh, But they they reverted back to its old performance things where they have performances there every now and there. So um, I like it when they do that because so many theaters are just built today with a stage. That's uh, no stage, but just the, the screen. So, um, yeah, it was very cool. I liked it. I would like to take us down to Aberdeen now. Okay, I like it down there too. When you look at these lists they have, the Mm -hmm. top 10 haunted this or that, they got quite a list. And again, they're encouraging you to check it out. They have Billy's in Aberdeen, which is off of 101. When you're heading 101 towards Ocean Shores, you're a couple blocks from it. But when you're coming back, you can't help but see Billy's. Okay, I think I know where that is. Well, Billy's was named after a known serial killer who was convicted. His well, name that's... was Billy Ghoul, and he was nicknamed the Ghoul of Grays Harbor. And he was born in 1873, and then he was lost at Medical Lake in eastern Washington, which was a mental asylum in 1927. Billy Ghoul was one of those, the butler did it. Mm-hmm. He was the president of the Sailors Union who was also killing sailors for their money. Wow. And his office was a half, about a block away from where Billy's restaurant is, off of the river there, because it was an old 
uh, fish marketplace okay. where the fish boats would come in, and they had that feature where half the building went over the river a bit because mm-hmm. they had that trap door where they just released what they weren't going to be using. Oh, That's okay. how they did it in those days. Well, that trap door served Billy because his union office was on the second floor of that building. Mm-hmm. That building stands today. Mm-hmm. The windows are gone. There's no roof, but the four concrete sides are there. And yes, I kind of trespassed a bit where it said no <laughs> trespass. I had to. The boy was in me. I, know. I had you to. You had to. Yeah, I know. So I walked on the dock and I was trying to see where such a trap door was and I couldn't see one, but the setting is there. Yeah. It, they all had them back in those days. Right. Because they had over 100 bodies they found in that river. Wow. Now, this was, again, 1910, 1912. The Depression was already underway in these logging communities. Right. And these were people who were uh, trusting Billy for advice to get draws for their accounts. And he, in turn, was robbing them and disposing them. Okay. And it was called the Port of Missing Men because when you dine at Billy's, they not only have a ghost burger on the menu, and it's a good one. It has a lot of peppers and stuff on it. <laughs> the servers are wearing shirts, and on the back it says, The Port of Missing Men. Oh, God. When you walk around the establishment, they have a lot of newspaper clipping from the early 1900s wow. of him being tried for murder. Wow, they named they name a restaurant after a serial killer, right? Well, there's more to it than that. Well, okay. The upstairs had a murder scene there where a female worker back in those days killed a boss under suspicious activity. I'll leave it at that. So you have the bullet mark, but you have all of these shows we see on TV Mm -hmm. about ghost hunting. That's one of their stops. Half of them have been there because of that. Okay. Now, I was talking to the crew there. What happens? And the gals will point at the corner where all the porcelain coffee mugs are and they say once in a while one of those mugs by itself flies across the room nobody touches it they hear the voices they have a safe everybody duck yes (laughs) they have a safe behind the counter and sometimes oh funny it's an old one i don't know if they use it but it's an antique one oh wow but sometimes the mechanisms start turning by themselves this is not automated things like that doors open the voices, yeah. one of the help there, she has worked there for 25 years. She took me in the kitchen, and they had that large size can of, it was ranch dressing. Right. And when she walked in, she saw a ladle by itself, leave it full of salad dressing, and slowly rest itself next to it allowing the salad dressing to ooze all over the table. Oh, boy. Things like that. Wow. Did you just sort of stand there and go, well, okay, what are you doing? You know. Well, they're open about it. There are books written about it. Yeah. They will bring out binders that have articles about the haunting, mm-hmm. about Billy Gould's crime spree. Wow. And you could just, you can't take it with you, but you could read up on it all you want to. Wow. That's great. Just amazing. That is really something. That is really amazing. So, jeez, makes you think. It's uh, extraordinary. Well, um, I love small towns. I'll walk up to someone. They could see I'm not one of them, you know, the way I talk and how I kind of yeah. clumsy. You know that about me. 
Oh, I wasn't going to say it. But <laughs> <laughs> the people hearing my voice, it's a given. They figured that out. Uh-huh. But I was talking to some of the locals, and they said it was part of our high school curriculum. Yeah. That we would take a field trip to Billy's because mm-hmm. we did have a German immigrant who mm-hmm. was one of the worst serial killers in American history yeah. to a place that to this day is haunted. Right. So I'm talking to a high school kid. The word serial killer and haunted in the same sentence. Yeah, that's just really amazing. They're well educated on it. Yes. There's so many places in this state that are. Uh, and one of the things I just want to make mention, of course, the one paranormal ex- paranormal thing I had was at the Cooney Mansion down at, at um, in Cosmopolis. It's a beautiful old mansion that was a bed and breakfast and it was built in 1908 and um, beautifully designed, just gorgeous decor inside. And well, it was really haunted, you know. And the thing that happened is that I, I used to produce psychic fairs and we had a bunch of them down at that place. And the thing is, we had a lot of people come in because a lot of people were really curious to see what the place looked like inside. Nobody had really seen it. It's this big old mansion on top of a hill kind of over overseeing Cosmopolis. And um, I was like, is that we have to go? No, I'm kidding. I was, anyway, so um, the, we would bring about 15 or 20 different psychics and mediums down there. Well... The people that were in that place, the ghosts, got so excited because they were able to talk to the mediums and the mediums could hear them, you know. And so, um, and I had a couple of weird experiences myself, you know, getting getting touched physically by, by a ghost. So, um, I, the one that I was just relating a little bit ago, I was sitting talking to the proprietor of this place. And she was staring at me, and then she just, her eyes got as big as saucers. And I said, what's going on? And she said, your hair is moving up and down. And I said, what do you mean? And I said, and I felt this little touch on my scalp, and it was like I felt somebody manipulating it. And so, um, and I felt somebody's arm around my waist. And it was some, I could feel it was some woman who was really curious about the color of my hair. Of course, I used to color it then, so. Anyway, oh, is it time to go? Two minutes. Oh, thank you so much. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so everybody's motioning to me. Anyway, so it was really interesting, and I kind of went, oh, well, that's all right. Yeah, oh, what, did you want to say something? I retired years ago. Yeah. I've been retired since 2010. Yeah. And I pick up fun jobs. I'll work at casinos. I will drive shuttle for hotels. I've worked in one more than one hotel with mm-hmm. a crew would say, by the way, you know, then they would tell the stories. Right. And this one hotel I worked at, uh, myself, the age I'm at, wearing a three-piece suit, they assume the gray hair that's your management. Well, if I'm going to get complimented, I'm not going to deny it, but I never was. We have a great head of hair. You're Leo. What can you do? They would yeah. come up to me and they would whisper, and you know, this place is haunted. And I'd play dumb. What are you talking about? I've never heard such a thing. Well, they would repeat a common story. The female's guess on the first floor it wouldn't be inappropriate but something would bump and graze them pretty good when nobody's there and so periodically someone would address me and I would calm them down I don't know what you're talking about well my co-workers the gals behind the desk the house cleaning ladies throughout the week they had a few stories about it oh sure whatever or whoever it is Ooh, we gotta go 
I can hear the music coming in the background. <laughs> oh, that's subtle. Anyway, um, next week, we're going to have on Carl Anderson, our Bach Flower Remedy Specialist. And on the 21st, we have Michelangelo. We're going to be talking about Gustav Holst. We're so excited. Anyway, so that's it for us. We had a great time with Matt Shea today. And we'll see you all next week right here on the KKNW Alternative Talk Radio and Jupiter Rising Show.